It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Eight minutes after eight. While tertiary institutions countrywide are expected to return to normal today, students at the University of Witwatersrand have vowed to continue with their protest action. And as the morning progressed, we've learned from more and more institutions that it will not be business as usual this morning. The student body is informed management over the weekend that despite Friday's announcement of a 0% increase for 2016 fees, they will continue with protest action until all their demands are met. These include free quality education for all and the university's outsourcing of workers that need to be stopped. Meanwhile, President Jacob Zuma has said that there's a serious consideration to review the autonomy of universities after the recent student protests for no free tuition. He addressed the Oliver Tambo Memorial Lecture at Nangoza Jebe Hall in Port Elizabeth. Tambo served as ANC President from 1969 to 1991. This past week, ANC Secretary General Gwete Mantashe said that university councils and vice chancellors abuse the autonomy to commercialize education and to exclude students. Umzugisi Solani has more on this. Oliver Tambo was the glue that held the ANC together when the rest of its leadership was either in exile or prison. That is how the current party president, Jacob Zuma, summed up the legacy of the longest serving president of the ANC. Zuma says many of those who became leaders of the ANC in the post-liberation period were personally groomed by Tambo. It was his leadership style as well that made a success of the Consultative Morocoro Conference of 1969, which symbolized the ANC's ability to transcend divisive tendencies. Zuma says in remembering Tambo, the ANC should remain true to the resolutions that will further improve the quality of life in South Africa. He says the 2007 Polokwane Conference resolved that education and health must be prioritized as the core elements of social transformation. The Polokwane ANC resolution on education also states categorically that the movement should progressively introduce free education for the poor until undergraduate level. The message from the students that were marching in the past week is therefore in line with ANC policy. Students from Wurz and the University of Johannesburg marched to the ANC headquarters this week in an effort to intensify their FISMA's fall protest. Party Secretary-General Gwede Mandashe said the blame should not be shifted away from universities to the ANC as universities take unilateral decisions to increase fees. Zuma explains. The presidential task team will be expanded so that it looks at more than just high fees but also broader transformation issues. Some of the issues raised include the need to review the autonomy of the universities. The view is that there must be a difference between the autonomy of universities and academic freedom. Earlier in Jeffreys Bay, in another leg of the Ora Tambo Memorial Lecture, Mandashe implored government 
to make hard policy choices to accelerate the full realization of free education. Governance is about making choices. That is the challenge that the government faces. Therefore, we are going to identify areas where we can make choices. We must be able to fund free education because it is not a cost but an investment into the future. Students are the future of the country. President Zuma also criticized what he referred to as the violent nature of the student marches outside the union buildings and the parliamentary precinct. I am Zuki C. Solani in Port Elizabeth. So on the Forum at 8 this morning, uh, we'll be speaking to uh, students and student leaders about the next phase of uh, this protest action because I think many people thought on Friday that this was the end of it, but uh, obviously not students on Friday. It was immediately evident that they were not buying into what some of them called um, you know, a temporary victory because what happens beyond 2016 was a question that reverberated throughout. And uh, we are joined on the line now by Hotsi Chikane, a student at UCT. Hotsi, thanks for speaking to us this morning. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks. Well, Hotsi, first and foremost, what's the situation at UCT this morning? Yeah, um, so UCT announced this past weekend that they will be shutting down the university themselves for the past week. Um, the argument now that people have is that the demands were never just, you know, fees. And people often just focused on that as the talk, that it was fees and ending outsourcing at the same time. Um, so, and obviously, and I, I'll ask this question to you because people are asking it of students across the country, um, should we stop or should we not stop? And are we there yet? So opinion is still split. Um, there's still a lot of support to continue the support uh, of strike action on campus, but led by workers in particular. Now, you know, there are many questions that come to mind just about the package of demands that students have placed on the table. Um, There are many of them. Uh, Some may require a more longer term um, pragmatic approach to find a solution. Are students factoring this in or do they want a response, a positive response to all of these demands before things return to normal? Uh, So firstly, it would be inappropriate and naive of me to say I speak on behalf of every single student in the country. Um, It would be odd if I placed myself in that position. But there's a simple way of dealing with this. Um, And this is why even if you meet the demand of students, there's almost a lack of trust in the authority. So now we know that it costs about $37 billion per annum, according to the minister, if you wanted to have free education um, for students. Now the question is, can we afford that next week? So if the president was to decide, yes, we want to give you free education, have it next week. The problem that we have now is that we know that that money is available, right? The amount of corruption in the country, the amount of misuse in this country makes that number available. The problem that we have is that our demands are just because we know the society that we should be living in should be able to cater for those demands. But currently the society that we live in is one that is not catering for those demands. So our call is now that we must change the society that we're living in. And how far are you prepared to push this? I mean, what? where will it stop? That's a difficult question, and it depends on which university. Like I said, all universities are different, and we shouldn't see them all as one blanket movement. 
Um, the big question is who is leading at that particular moment in time and why they're leading us in that particular direction. Um, as you may have heard, um, at numerous institutions, uh, I think the City Press had the, their third force article, but it is asking the question of who is leading, um, are they legitimate leaders, and are they making the decisions accountable um, to the people who have put them in that position? So when we ask the question of when do we stop, it's not one of we're not entirely sure. It's one that students as a whole, as a university, en masse, decide that this is where we'll stop. So it would be odd for me to say once again that this is when it will end, when most of the decisions across the universities have been made in sort of mass meetings of sorts. Now, that raises a, an interesting uh, question because I received an email uh, earlier from Sponiso, and Sponiso writes, we as students won't allow rogue elements disguised as student activists to stall our future by preventing us from writing exams. Many of us at the University of Cape Town want to write exams, but this group is planning to disrupt the proceedings. It also has come to our attention that uh, groups like Hashtag Roads Must Fall have been captured by certain individuals who are pushing their own agenda and use students for their battles and getting into history books. We do support the hashtag fees must fall protests, including hashtag end outsourcing. We took part last week. However, by shutting down, it is denying us our right to education. Last night, some of us were called sellouts for wanting to write exams. I don't even care if one labels me as one. This is my future. Our parents took out loans to pay for registration fees uh, this year and now they're preventing us from uh, writing exams. We as the students of UCT won't allow these elements posing as student activists who are bullying and intimidating us. The state must intervene by deploying the army if needs be for our safety so that we will write these exams. Universities in South Africa are national key points anyway. We are poor. We need education. We have to finish this academic year. Our future now hangs in the balance and we won't allow them. That's from Sponiso from UCT. Yeah, no, that's quite interesting. I, I was following her argument until she said it was in the army. Um, no, completely agree. And it's a very transparent thing. There are rogue elements, as she puts out, coming out, and we're not entirely sure where they're coming from and what their intentions. All we know is that um, people, I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase the uh, chimurenga. Yes. Um, but it's the idea of creating this mass revolution in the country. Now, the question is, right, are your intentions to use a student movement such as Fees Must Fall to create your own agenda of this chimurango or this mass revolution, right? And if so, are you being transparent to students about it? See, that's that's the tricky thing, and that's where these where elements are coming in, where they're using the fees was for movement and energy, rather than movement, because movement gives it like a face and gives it a leadership body, which we know is not the case. Each university works differently. But to use the fees must for energy to achieve ulterior motives. Now, students are starting to ask, you know, I came to university. I want to use, because the argument is we want higher education to remove ourselves out of the situations that we find ourselves in and to remove our families en masse. So for someone to say that, you are not even allowed to study by yourself, right? Or if people organize study sessions on mass to say, you know, just in case exams start, that people say, no, we'll disrupt those study sessions, right? Then you have to ask the questions of what are the intentions of those individuals, right? 
And mm-hmm. this is the question a lot of students stop asking themselves of, how do I now pull my family out of a situation by using higher education if I'm not able to obtain that higher educa- um, education, especially when the people who are leading me are not transparent about it? So it's a tricky question. Um, I sit firmly on the fence of uh, people, yes, 100% have the right to learn. That we can't take away from them. Um, and people are allowed to study at home. They're allowed to study in their space. But if someone is going to lead students into something, then there must be a legitimate voice of all students. So all it right. must be a decision, a legitimate voice of all students and not the voice of minority students. Well, let's get your views on that. 891 204 joining us from Cape Town. He's a student at UCT. And as we said, we're going to do a roundup to see what's happening at most of the institutions, or at least as many of them as we can touch on this morning. And as we understand, students at the University of the Northwest, the Mahikeng campus, have vowed to continue and intensify their Fees Must Fall campaign this week. And we are going to cross now to Bafedile Morane. She's our reporter at the Northwest uh, University. And um, B- Bafedile, what's the situation like right now? The situation is totally out of control. It is it has turned violent completely as I speak to you. Um, a high police contingent continues to arrive here at the Mahigan campus as students are now uh, have turned to uh, uh, passing cars with uh, stones and also burning tires locating the road which is um, uh, always used by the workers here with uh, debris and burning tires. And um, what are the students saying? Is it still continuing on the same demands? Do they have different demands from the ones that we've been hearing? You would recall that uh, there is what we call uh, the institutional autonomy. So now uh, the SRT president after addressing the students earlier on, uh, from what I picked up, he said that the University Council, it has proposed the 9.5%, despite of the President's announcement on Friday that there is a 0% increase for 2016 academic year. So now the students are saying that it is nothing like that. They are not going to back down up until the University itself come to them at Mahikeng campus, pronounce that they are aligning themselves with the President's announcement that there is a 0% increase for 2016 academic year. And um, the, the, just the turnout this morning, are there many students out there this morning at the Mahikeng campus, Bafedile? There are so many students. Uh, I'm so amazed that the university has so many students, you know. Uh, there are so many in a way that the police uh, 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 earlier on, they had also forced themselves to get into the university campus, uh, 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 firing um, rubber bullets, sun grenades, and also um, tear gases. But it came to the point where by now the police, the police ended up coming out of the university when that uh, a group of students uh, uh, pelted them with stones. The police uh, uh, saw, uh, they saw themselves running out of the university, forcefully so. Are there any injuries at this point that you are aware of? No, I, I can't. I can't confirm any injuries at the moment. But I can only confirm to you that there are several cars uh, that were uh, damaged. On the first cars that arrived here just uh, after the, the, the violence resumed are the ones uh, those owners are unlikely to have uh, been uh, damaged. University management, Bafedile, where are they? The university management is not here. The SRC president announced this morning that they are now in charge. 
they are they, they are now they have now tend to be the management of the university. There is no one from the university here. They are actually hold on, hold on, Bafedile, slowly. So the SRC say that they are now in charge of the university. Yes, they say they are now in charge of the Mahitian campus. The council of the university is apparently sitting for uh, negotiations in Portuguese campus. So you would recall last week when we spoke to the SRC, they said to us that they are not going to be part of those negotiations up until the, uh, the university council comes down to Mahitian campus where the project, the project is taking place. Uh, that's when they will only be able to sit down uh, and negotiate. Well, Bafedile, tell you what, we'll come back to you uh, later on during this forum. And uh, there's the latest update from uh, the Northwest University's Mahikeng campus. The situation there has turned violent. The students have been pelting cars with stones. Um, uh, the Fees Must Fall campaign is continuing on some campuses. And, of course, as she said, the SRC has now announced that they are in charge of that Mahikeng campus management nowhere to be seen. We'll lead you follow. We're on Twitter and Facebook at SAFM Radio. 27 minutes after 8 and this morning uh, we are looking at the continued student protests at tertiary institutions across the country. On Friday many people thought that was the end of it. Well, turns out not. And this morning we uh, had invited student leaders from Wits University and other institutions but uh, Wits University as we heard from uh, Vice Chancellor Adam Habib earlier on, uh, the council will be meeting, Senate Council and we understand that the students the various student groupings have called separate meetings so this is why we are unable to get in touch with them at this very moment. But of course, uh, you heard what the latest is from the Northwest University's, University's Mahikeng campus. What's going on there? Situation, unfortunately, has turned violent. And uh, we are going to try and uh, do a roundup of uh, many of the other universities as well. I believe we have Leanne Naidu from Wits on the line with us now. Uh, good morning, Leanne. Good morning, Sakina, and thank you for giving in to the student movement protest. I just want to uh, raise a, a, a warning issue here. Um, it seems to me like people who are connected to um, parents who are well-known, etc., are coming into student movements and kind of trying to destabilize them, saying that they are rogue elements. This is not a new form of um, destabilizing movements for radical change. So it is true that it is very difficult to um, pin down exactly uh, what movement is where and who's talking to who. But some of the key things one must, one must remember is this, this campaign of fees must fall is sprouting out of the radical questions that the roads must fall occupation that, that captured the world in, in April, March, April, was asking. They were talking about decolonizing the university. And we had questions about curriculum. We had questions about staffing. We had questions about access. We had questions about outsourcing. So it's disingenuous for people now to come on board and say that they are in control of this movement and that actually this only started with fees must fall because this is a way to try and placate more radical students who are saying, of course the majority of students at elite universities want to go and write exams. Mm. The reason why we're seeing violence at the previously historically disadvantaged and black universities is because, and the reason we saw violence by TUT was because they have been fighting this battle off camera for a long time and they have been brutalized by our state. 
now that the richer universities and my university included which university is involved and the media is there, so all of a sudden now politicians make sure that the state behaves in a particular way and then we call certain um, students rogue and others legitimate. What we need to remember, and I'm calling to my university comrades from UCT, from Wirtz, from Rhodes, from Stellenbosch, from these advantaged universities, don't be fooled by thinking you can merely fight internal to university for um, oppressed workers and poor black students. Because internal to the larger university system, we have universities that are not the same as ours. So for us to very quickly sign agreements on our campuses, that is actually going to mean that our black universities become violent like we've seen it happening. You know why they're doing that? Because they know that the more middle-class people are going to go write exams and their plight is going to be forgotten. So my appeal to VCs and councils and students who are all part of this movement uh, or responding to the student movement, please do not think to placate the middle-class student. Please let us follow Fanon who says, if you want to decolonize and truly change society and deal with this terrible inequality that South Africa is leading with in the world, the worst inequality and gap, we have to be putting the, the, the last first. In other words, me at which university who has a fellowship, who is middle class, mm. I am not the last. Tell you what, Leanne. Outsourcing is important. Yep. Leanne, loving your views and, you know, for raising a different perspective on this discussion. So what I'm going to ask is for you to hold on, stay on the line. We have oh, to take oh. a news break. And when we come back, we continue this discussion because it is moving. But Leanne raising some really, really pertinent questions about why we are seeing uh, different outlets uh, at the different universities, different uh, higher education institutions to this problem. And she's 100% spot on. This is not a new fight. 104.4, the home of SAFM in Durban. Durban. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. That's 25 minutes before nine. You're listening to the Forum at Eight this morning. We're doing a roundup, seeing what the latest situation is at the various higher institution, um, in, uh, higher education institutions are around the country. Let me read some messages. Aubrey Machitko says, uh, student leaders must calculate carefully because it's difficult to maintain unity during exam season. Tabo says, I fully support hashtag fees must fall movement, but I'm against vandalizing varsity property um, students. Uh, must not be their own enemies. Yes, it is unfair to students who are about to graduate, but graduating with hefty NASFAS debt is also not on. Samgelo says, uh, this thing of recurrent protesting for free tertiary education is no longer fulfilling its purpose. It's now been taken over by rogues. Homozo says, uh, to demand free education on the spot is irrational. Uh, this needs proper planning without emotions running to the fore. Oh, does this uh, contribution can we just write these exams, um, started, get them started and over with, and then remember Marikanam Teteleli says um, the fight is not only for current university students, but also for future generations. Clever Black Ngubeni, it's amazing how the state does not want to fund education, but as soon as you start working, they are there with their tax calculators. And Mokone says, but why can't they continue with exams and then disrupt the registration process? 
success next year. And a quick one from our um, SMS line, uh, this one from Zamo Trebekulu from P- uh, Peter Maritzburg says, Sakina, I should be, it should be known that UKZN Peter Maritzburg campus will be on the streets again this morning. There's a difference between 0% increment and fees must fall and we want the total removal of fees in tertiary as was forecast by the ANC in the 2007 NGC uh, that in 2013 we would not pay in university. That's from Zamo Tebekulu. So this is what people have to say. Let's hear it from uh, the callers on the line 0891-104-208. Robert in Cape Town, good morning. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Good, thanks. And you, Robert? I'm right, Sakina. Sakina, I would like to say that I fully agree with the students and I speak their language. You know what is happening? The government, actually, when they talk of, you know, changing everything and trying to grant the students their request, I think what they are doing is just a rhetoric. You know, they just talk. But otherwise, this economy is tailored to benefit the politically connected few who are at the top. And I think we must just continue to fight together because this is not just the, actually the, the, the war for the students only, but it's for everyone in the country. And the problem we have in this country is the corruption. You know, there is enough money for everyone. And the corruption is just what is sucking us dry. That's just what I want to say. Thank you so much, Robert in Cape Town. Alistair in Durban. Morning. How are you? Well, and you? Very well. Very interesting times we're living in. Indeed. Um, yeah, just to, to compliment Robert and a couple of the other cause of student leaders, for the first time I'm actually hearing my fellow South Africans bringing this government to account. Amusi Maimani from the DA wrote an excellent piece over the weekend where he highlights the fact that instead of going to a nuclear deal with billions of money, put that into education. Instead of spending 8.5% over the next three and a half years on government wage increases and a bloated government, which is twice the size of America's government, and America, you know, is a massive economy compared to ours, um, you know, the, the priorities are all there. And the ANC, unfortunately, are the leaders. They are in power, and they need to accept the fact that when they make promises to the electorate, they need to be held to account. Thank you so much, Alistair in Durban. Let's hear from Yaj in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. I think the students have achieved quite a lot so far in, in, in getting the 0% uh, increase. Uh, you know. uh, however, you know, I don't think they should now, they enjoy the support of the majority of South Africans, should now jeopardize the, the education and disrupt exams and so on. But we need, as a society, to achieve to work towards the free education right up to tertiary level. And this can be done if you look at uh, the whole uh, system of public banking to fund education. If you look at monetary reform, banking reform, this I would implore the students, the academics, and the politicians of this country to, to look into the whole question of uh, monetary reform, bank reform, but public banking system to fund education and infrastructure and I'm still waiting for a reply from, for, for my email. 
from you. <laughs> you will receive it. Thank you so much, Yaj, and everybody else that I owe a response to as well. But uh, Leanne, you're still there with us, um, you know, listening to what people are saying. And of course, the question of exams comes to mind. And inevitably, there will be those who want to continue writing their exams, especially those who are on the verge of graduating. And of course, then also um, you have those who are saying, but the cause is more important. Yeah, of course, this is a contentious issue, but it is clear from at least the conversations I've been part of with a range of students. Students don't want to not write. They want to make sure that they can pass. But the point is, you cannot keep asking people to write, do this this year, then take it up next year. We've had that for 22 years. Students are now conscious. They are critiquing not only the university power structures, but they're thinking about society as well. So you can't tell that kind of student um, that exams trumps, uh, uh, one of your exams is going to trump the possibility of changing the university system and influencing changing the societal system. I think what's coming through from your callers, but also from university students who are now awake, is that we have fantastic policies. I mean, the higher education uh, one is, is, is a, a case in point. 2012, there were good academics and economists who sat, who developed the plan, who submitted it to government. Our minister has been sitting on that. We still don't have it in the public domain. It was a call that said by the next year, 2013, we could start with free quality education for the poor. Now, this is a complex document that none of us have seen. We really need to see that particular document. I also want to say that maybe I want to challenge you, Sakina, to say, let us get some of these so-called rogue element students who are, in my mind, the radical ones, who are the intellectuals, who are seeing the broader picture. They are sacrificing like Eco and other people did when they were students to say, of course we want to write exams and become medical doctors and play our role in society, but we can see that a large portion of our population is oppressed and there's no way out. So what students are doing, the radical ones that people want to call rogue, is that they're tying their fate to the students that are most marginalized at universities, to the workers who are outsourced and therefore most marginalized, but also to workers and to people outside of the university system. So for people to call them rogue and disingenuous, it is a selfish attempt to shut down the possibility for radical change. I challenge you, Sakina, to let us put together these rogue students so that the public can hear. I take up that challenge. Rogue students and not Absolutely. Okay. And then the other together. thing around, around violence, mm-hmm. around violence, we have to understand. For me, I was at union buildings. I was shot at by police when I had my hands up in the air and was trying to walk away. I was also surprised to see how brave some of the TUT students were to pick up rocks against guns. I thought of Palestine and Israel and people who were disempowered without um, uh, state power but without uh, even uh, guns picking up a stone and throwing it at these police. What I realized in that moment was that this violence that I am um, protected from in my private vehicle, in my private middle-class life, is the everyday life of of a large portion of our population. We just captured it for the international media to see, but more and more students from the middle class are realizing that they are protected from this and they're wanting to make sure that they tie their fate to people who have to struggle with violence every single day just for a just society and to live a life that is not one of oppression and 
uh, lack of food, lack of education. So there are people who are willing, like Biko did, to tie their fate outside of their comfort zone. But uh, just staying on that just momentarily, why then hurl missiles at police who are just standing there? They're not doing anything. Does this speak to the level of frustration that students are feeling at the moment? Absolutely, it speaks to frustration. But we have to see the bigger picture, which is the job of universities. Universities are supposed to help us see the bigger picture. So we see a line of riot police. I'm standing there and I'm thinking, these poor policemen, surely they're not paid well. Surely they can't have their kids go to these universities. But if you look deeper behind this line of security... What we had there was our government hiding behind security and hiding in that union building, refusing to come out and speak to students. What we also have, if we look deeper, is that we have political parties who mobilize their student um, uh, formations to to try to capture uh, what is happening at these big events because they have media power, they have ability to print t-shirts, to print posters, to pay for buses, to hijack radical potential, which was happening on a grand scale on that day. People who have seen that happen before were saying we are not going to allow this to happen. So it wasn't an attack against the riot police there. It was saying we have seen as Abaslali, as the anti-privatization forum, as all the social movements that have been working with the poorest of the poor, just when we get to the point where we've been fighting a hard-earned battle, the ANC or people in power come with their T-shirts and they bust in people and they present this thing as if, they present it as if Zuma, our, gov- our president, has presented us the answer to all our questions and now we must go back to exams. People are tired of that. It's been happening and happening. So it wasn't violence specifically against the riot police. It was saying, why are you blocking us out of government? We would like to talk. We want to address you. The powers that be at our universities through SRCs and even political parties, they are not able to capture uh, in a democratic form what we need. We need something more. We need to find ways in our universities, as an example, to not have councils that are populated by middle-class, heterosexual, white academics who don't understand the plight of the very people who are throwing the stones. We need to open up that process, democratize it, and in, in another breath, we need to make sure that these fancy proposals and reports, charters, our constitution do not lie as dead documents. People are even starting to question our progressive constitution because it works for the middle class and it doesn't work for the poor person. And we don't want to lose the great values in our constitution, but if it's just there to protect the few, then people are going to start turning to violence more. So I would say the result of that violence should not be pointed Uh, The blame should not be put on TUT. The blame should be put on the masterminds behind that event who were setting it up as a PR exercise and not willing to take the brave step of coming down to people and starting to speak to them and starting to open up democracy. People Mm. are thinking they're not waiting for the Liberation Party to do things for us anymore. And it's an exciting time. And even though it's scary, I want to say that workers and high school students People outside of universities are contacting these so-called rogue elements and radical elements to say, how can we join? We see what you're doing. This is the class of 76. 
We want to follow. We want to change South African society. Leanne Naidu from Wits University staying with us. Uh, let's uh, go to Rhodes University now, here from uh, sure. Julie Ngadi. And we spoke to Julie uh, last week. So, Julie, what's the situation like this morning? Good morning, Sakina. Well, I mean, things have calmed down and people are returning to the academic um, calendar. And it's a multifaceted reason why we have, um, we have stopped the shutdown here at Rhodes. The first is that to a large extent, it's a show of good faith. I mean, we have had it quite easy on our side. Our vice chancellor has been very cooperative. We haven't received any interdicts. We haven't been met with violence. That's not to say that that's some sort of a um, that's something to be lauded. But unfortunately, it seems to be the exception. And so, um, our our internal um, our internal demands that we had handed over to um, our our chancellor had been met. However. Um, there's also the second issue of um, there being an upsurge of xenophobic violence in Grahamstown last week that made it very dangerous for students um, foreign, who were foreign nationals um, who lived in the township to move um, between uh, the, the, our campus and, um, and their homes. And um, there's been a lot of looting, there's been a lot of violence, and the, 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 the police presence, because there's a limited amount of police resources in our town, and so the police presence we really needed um, for the police and the press that is present to focus on um, the larger issue, which is the people that had their lives hanging in the balance in the township, as opposed to um, our our mostly predominantly peaceful um, gathering. And so the shutdown um, was 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 kind of suspended in that regard. However, due to the lack of response. Um, I mean, there's a small victory in there not being any increments um, in terms of the national demands. However, there are a lot of other demands that were left um, hanging in the balance. And so what we've decided is that those students that um, are involved, were involved in the organizational part of the, um, of the shutdown itself will be joining other students and mobilizing and, and trying to, um, to, to come, uh, come into the national shutdown program um, because we feel like, this, this, this isn't something that should be, this is not a moment that should be left. Well, uh, Julie, thank you so much uh, for that update from Rhodes University. Uh, things back to normal there this morning. Unfortunately, the same can't be said of Northwest University's Mahigeng campus. Things have turned violent there. And also, um, update from um, UKZN, Peter Maritzburg campus. I read um, an, an SMS earlier from Zamo Trebekulu. And now Mzamo Mkwanazi has sent me a tweet saying, UKZN Westville campus have started chanting slogans as well and then we also understand that there's a student protest at the University of Venda. SRC is currently addressing the students there so a lot happening again this morning across the country at the tertiary institutions. Let's go to uh, Tolani in Mtata. Good morning. Hi, hi SK. I think for me is what is the lesson learned out of all this? If our leaders, especially the political leaders, can learn one thing, that making promises and not fulfilling them will result result in situations like this. I hope they are learning uh, out of this because next year we're also going to have elections. Promises will be made and people will vote based on promises made. And when those promises are not fulfilled, we will continue to have situations like this because some of us, we were promised many years ago before uh, that we will have free education. 
and that didn't transpire. And then we had stories after stories why it didn't. The political, our political, that is the ruling party, is talking about that this is in the hands of a certain group, but they are the ones that are in charge. Why can't they make it work? Who is holding them if they are in charge to make things work, to make an education free? They need to tell us if they are in charge and they can make it, should we be able to take them out and put people to be in charge who will be able to do what we need as a society? Thank you so much, Kolani. Hotsi Chikane, you've been listening to everything that has been said. What's your response to all of this at this point? Yeah, no, a lot. Hopefully I have time to respond to everything. Um, The first thing is 100% free education is achievable. I don't think anyone in the country is sitting there thinking, because I've got a debt of 30,000, that now I must just forget about that debt. 100% free education is achievable in this country. 100% ending outsourcing is achievable in this country. And 100% we do need to decolonize our spaces. Um, There's a thing that people describe as the colonial matrix. It's not, um, and often people forget that it's a a multifaceted aspect and it's not just one element. And universities play a critical role in undoing a colonial matrix of a country, not just the university, but of a country, in particular the control of knowledge. Right? So completely agree with that. The question so, so, so will so now why be do you asking, think yeah. there has been very slow progress on that front? And, and it's what I said at the beginning. The problem that we have right, in this country is that we know we can afford it. What we need the government to say is, here is how we're going to achieve free education. That, that's the call students want. It's not to just say 0%. I mean, someone was saying that we, we don't understand. We didn't say uh, fees 0% increase. We said freeze must fall. Right? So we understand that. So now the call is governments should now come out with universities and say, here is the rollout plan to create free education. And we must be very careful when we do say free education, whether we're saying everything must be free, whether we're saying free tuition, whether we're saying free residency. And the government must be very clear with that so they don't blindside anyone, right? So you need government and universities, because like government has said, regardless, is that universities are the ones setting these fees. And then universities still need to function. I don't buy the argument of university quality will start dropping. And I hate that argument because uh, especially when you say, you know, we want to transform, we want to become more competitive so we can't. If we raise, if we don't raise fees, we'll be less competitive. There was one article that said we won't be able to get more black academics. I hate that argument because it presupposes that the more black students who enter a university space, the less quality that university will have. It's an argument that must be thrown out the window. So what we must deal with now is when are we getting free education? So that document, uh, wherever it is, I've been listening to Zamanda as we, he's been talking. He estimates that it's 37 billion rand. The question now is, now we must find that 37 billion rand. Now, what we need from government is to tell us, this is how we're going to find this 37 billion rand per annum. And even though it sounds like a large number, there's organizations in this country who have that money. There's people you can tax who have that money. You can even tax other students. You know, this thing that every single student across the entire country, if you are a rich white student and you can cross-subsidize another student, between us having free education, then you must do that thing. Or a rich um, black so, student, for that matter. Or a rich black student. If you're rich, 
this is the problem that we have in our society, and this is the thing. If you are rich and you can help uplift this country, then you must do your bit to uplift the country. And this is why it's so multifaceted. The problem that we have, and someone, I think, Leanne was trying to mention, is that other universities have been arguing this thing. There's this report coming out about sellouts, and people are acting as if the universities that have been fighting for free education for years, upon years, are led by the same organization they call sellouts. So it's an, it's an odd conundrum that they have and that they jump onto the bandwagon when they see these universities becoming more violent in inverted commas, right? TUT, Wusu, Forte have been continuously being shut down over the past three years. This is not who? a new thing that people... By got, By students in particular, saying that we can't afford NESFAS. NESFAS has been their, their target of anger. Now it's come up to these other universities and people are saying that now the political organizations at this level are selling out. The question is, we're all demanding the exact same thing. Now we can't divide ourselves because of ideological splits that people might have when free education is right there. The question is, what are the means and what is the end goal? My end goal is free education. My end goal is to decolonize and deconstruct the colonial matrix of this country. Right. Okay, let me give Leanna... The problem, is, mm-hmm. the problem that we have is the strategies that people use. And that is one where people must come to the table and then engage. But you can't engage with people who don't come to the table on the other side and strategize by themselves. And this is the problem that we have. And this is the problem that we don't want to lose the momentum because other forces are calling others rogues, others are calling others sellouts. The problem that we have is that we need to all sit down and say, how are we going to strategize this? legitimately on behalf of students so that we can achieve free education, not in our lifetime, but within the next three years, which is achievable, but it's just about strategies. Uh, Leanne, let me give you 45 seconds to wrap. Okay, so people have been calling for education, which is something that comes out of the Freedom Charter and it's enshrined in our constitution. People are also starting to make the connection and say, we have said land redistribution is important. We need to start allowing us to redistribute the resources and firstly the land in this country supported by free education for people who need it. If we can go down that that path, I think we're going to be radically able to redistribute and to um, uh, shorten this or lessen this inequality gap. We need to redistribute land and resources. We need to allow poor people to have free quality education. And richer people, middle class people need to understand that they need to give something up. They need to give something up and that will be a hard exercise. And this is to government as well and to university councils and to people in power. You need to give up some of your power and resources so that we can meet in the middle some way because it's impossible to uplift everyone in South Africa who doesn't have what the top the top percentage has. And that's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Do stay tuned to SAFM as we bring you updates of the situation across the country. Nine o'clock, time for news with Kumbuzile Tabete. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo.